NBCC. Happy New Year. It is a real joy and a privilege to be back here again. I love this church. I was here last May. It is so awesome to be here. Thank you, Pastor Mark and Kathy, uh, for your invitation, your hospitality. I love you guys. So value uh, our appreciation. Can we put our hands together and thank your amazing pastors. So grateful that God brought them uh, into my world. And I'll bring you greetings from New Zealand. Uh, my wife Sharon and our, uh, and our five-year-old boy. I've, I've, I've got a photo. Can we put that photo up? That's my wife Sharon. Uh, and that's our five-year-old son, uh, Joshua. His name is Joshua Boyd Ratnaraja. Uh, and uh, my wife was meant to join me on this trip, but a few months ago we found out uh, that we are going to have our second baby. She's due uh, in June. Thank you so much. Uh, we don't know if it's a boy or a girl, so my son's decided to name the baby Baby Fluffins. So we are excited about Baby Fluffins. So uh, uh, he's due, or he or she, is going to be due in uh, June, looking forward to nappies and sleepless nights, and bring it on, it's going to be exciting, and uh, so awesome to be here uh, once again, thank you so much. Are you ready for God's Word this morning? Today I want to talk to you about the God of more, the God of more, everybody say more. more. Today I really want to encourage you in our church, when I preach, they shout, they scream, they throw, throw things at me, so if you encourage me, I'll preach shorter. So I really encourage you, uh, let's get into the Word of God. Today I want to talk to you about the God of more. Uh, a few years ago, I took my wife Sharon uh, and our son uh, Joshua to Sri Lanka. I'm from Sri Lanka, for those of you who don't know where Sri Lanka is. Sri Lanka is under, uh, uh, right under India. Sri Lanka is famous for two things. Uh, we were the cricket world champions in 1995. Uh, we were really good in 1995, uh, and I don't know what happened after that. But uh, So we were the cricket world champions. Sri Lanka is also famous for Dilma tea. Raise your hand if you drink Dilma tea. Oh my goodness. Well, all right. We're going to be drinking Dilma tea in here. You probably have English tea here, isn't it? Uh, so Sri Lanka, uh, I remember taking my wife and my son there, and uh, we were really excited to be there as a family. Uh, while we were there, we stayed at a beautiful resort in the southwest coast of Sri Lanka. Uh, we were there in the middle of the monsoon season. A great time to take your family on a vac vacation because everything is cheap. No, no one else wants to go on holiday at that time of the year. So while we were there, uh, uh, while we were staying at this resort, I remember one particular morning waking up to this strange smell of paint in our room. First, I didn't do anything about it, but uh, as the day went on, I, I, I had a bad headache just breathing the, the, the smell of paint, and my wife was very concerned uh, about our five-year-old son breathing these fumes, so she rang the front desk, uh, explained to them what was happening, and, uh, and the receptionist told us the reason why we were smelling paint in our room was because the maintenance staff, they had been in the room next door to us uh, the last three or four days, they'd been painting in there, uh, and the paint fumes were coming through the ventilation system, and her strategy 
uh, for, for, to get rid of this paint smell was to send one of their uh, staff members who was going to show up the bottle of air freshener and he was going to come and spray this bottle of air freshener and the smell was going to disappear. Welcome to Sri Lanka. So well, we, we jumped for joy because hope was on its way. He was going to come and spray this bottle of air freshener and everything was going to be fine. When the staff member showed up, even he was not convinced. His bottle of air freshener was going to get rid of the smell. He said to us, you need to ring the de- uh, front desk and get them to move you to another room. So my wife rang the front desk again, explained to them and said, look, is there any way we can be moved to another room? And uh, the receptionist very kindly said, Mrs. Ratnaraja, yes, we can do that for you. But my wife, my non-confrontational, sweet little angel of mine, she didn't just take their yes for an answer and just leave it there. She went one step further. She asked for more. She said to the receptionist, is there any way we can be upgraded? I was just like, yeah, you go, go. That's my girl. I was on the other side of the room, all nervous. And I was like, you do it, you do it. You know. and, and, and the lovely receptionist said, would you mind staying on the line while I check uh, with my manager? Or while, she, while they were doing that, I went into spiritual warfare mode. God, I claim that upgrade. I name it. I will do anything for you. My son Joshua, he was like Joshua in the Bible, marching around the walls of Jericho. We were lifting up a shout of praise. We even invited the staff member with a bottle of air freshener because the Bible says when two or three are gathered in his name we were praying we were shouting I was chasing every demon in the room I was filled with the power of God as you can see the lovely receptionist came back and said to us Mrs. Ratnaraja not only are we going to give you an upgrade but we have decided to give you the best room in the entire resort with the best view Best upgrade you can think of, all for free, no extra cost, thanks to the paint fume. They, just, they said, we are going to upgrade. I was like, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> thank you. I believe we got that upgrade simply because my wife had the audacity to ask for more. Impossibilities become realities when someone has the audacity to believe for more. Impossibilities become realities when someone has the audacity to ask for more. The Bible is full of men and women who ask God for more. Jabez in the Bible, in the book of 1 Chronicles chapter 4, uh, there, there, there are only two verses about this guy in the entire Bible. He stood out in a crowd simply because he had the audacity to ask God for more. He prayed this prayer, 1 Chronicles 4.10, all that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. Let your hand be with me and keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain. And God granted his request. How amazing would that be in the year 2019? After every single prayer request that you have, it ends this way. And God granted your prayer request. And God granted his prayer request. And God granted her prayer request. Jabez stood out in a crowd. He had the audacity to ask God for more. And God answered his prayer. In the book of Joshua chapter 10, 
We read about Joshua fighting the Amorite army. He's in the middle of this battle. And Joshua knew the battle was not over. It was his opportunity to beat the Amorites. He, he knew, but the sun was about to go down. And I love this. Joshua asked God for something that has never been asked before. As I read that passage of Scripture this morning, I really felt to, to encourage you as a church, Birmingham City Church, ask God for things that you have never asked before. Pray bold prayers. Dream greater things. You never know this could be the year. The year 2019. All your prayers ended this way. And God answered their prayer. Can I get an amen this morning? The Bible says, according to your faith, it will be done to you. According to your faith. So what exactly did Joshua ask God for? Joshua said to the Lord in the presence of Israel, Sun stands still over Gibeon, and you moon over the valley of Ajalon. So the sun stood still, and the moon stopped, till the nation avenged itself on its enemies. The sun, the sun stopped in the middle of the sky, and delayed going down about a full day. First daylight savings in the history of the world. And anyway, I'm joking. Verse 14, there has never been a day like it before or since, a day when the Lord listened to a human being. Surely the Lord was fighting for Israel. Joshua had the audacity to ask God for more. I believe with all my heart that God is drawn to people who have the audacity to ask for more. You know, we don't want to ask God for more so that we can be rich and we can be comfortable and we can have an amazing life. Let me tell you, God doesn't answer selfish prayers. He, pray, he answers prayers that change us and change the world. A great question to ask yourself, if God answered my prayer, will it change my world or will it change the world? God is drawn to people who ask Him for more. Somebody has to believe for it. Impossibilities become realities when we believe for more. This week as I was praying for you as a church and even going into this conference, I pray that in the year 2019, you ask God for more. According to your faith, it will be done to you. Because the Bible says, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind can know what God has in store for those who love Him. Can I get an amen? If you believe that this morning, the truth is, I believe that I believe this with all my heart. God has got more for you as an individual and as a church, more than you realize. This is just the start. This is not the destination. This is not the end of the show where we all clap and, and, the, and the musicians take a bow and the curtains close and, and there's a, on the screen the words, the end appear and the spotlights turned off and, and we walk out thinking there was, a, there was a great show. No, let me tell you, this is not the end. This is just the start. God's got more in store for you. There are more miracles yet to be seen. I don't want to talk about something that God did 10, 20 years ago. I, got, I praise God for it, but God's got fresh new things. His mercies are new every day. There are more miracles, more breakthrough yet to be seen. God's got so much more for you. The Bible says, according to your faith, it will be done to you. Can I encourage you in the year 2019? Raise your expectation. Believe for more if you say, well, 2018 was tough and 
2019 is going to be same old, same old. Guess what? It will be same old, same old. But you can have a faith where you say 2018 was a tough year, but I'm believing 2019 is going to be a different year because I don't know what 2019 has in store for us, but I know who holds our future. Your future is in the hands of the almighty God. You know, I'm so excited that I can be part of this conference where we're making space for more. We're putting God first by making room for more. You know, let me tell you, this church has an amazing future. I pray in the year 2019, we will see more people added into the kingdom of God. I pray that you will see more souls saved in the city of Birmingham. I pray that God will use this church to impact this nation and the nations of this world. God's got so much more in store for you as a church. Think about the generations that are going to walk in through those doors and they're going to find Christ and their lives will never be the same again. Think about the generations that are going to rise up out of this church. Young people that are going to do things that have never been done before, influence this nation and the nations of this world. Can I tell you, some of them, they're in your children's church. Future generation being shaped. Future church leaders, government leaders, business leaders, leaders in all segments and fabric of us. They're going to rise up. Who knows? They're going to rise up out of BCC. There's more to come. The best is yet to come. Can I encourage you? Keep believing for more. Birmingham City Church, ask for more. Believe for more. Dare more. Trust more. Plan more. Plan for more. Pray for more. Hope more. Grow more. Live more. 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 You get the idea. Our God is a God of more. The word more is mentioned over 770 times in the Bible. Our God is able to do infinitely more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. God loves it when we ask him for more. Matthew 7, 7, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. The one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. This morning, very quickly, let me tell you four reasons why People don't ask God for more. Let me give you four reasons very quickly why people don't believe for more. Here's the first one. Often people don't ask God for more because they don't understand the true nature of God. We don't understand the true nature of God. I remember reading about this young man who was receiving emails from his boss with extra tasks and work he wanted him to do on top of what he was already doing. So every time the boss sent him an email, this young, young man had an attitude. He was like, here we go. I've got to do extra stuff while my boss is just taking a nap. He, he always had a bad attitude. He was like, grump your boss, asking me to do this and asking me to do that. Every single time the email came through, he just had a bad attitude. One day the boss called him into his office and said to the young man, you would have noticed we were giving you extra work on top of what you were already doing. And the young man was like, mm-mm, I know, I know. And the boss said to him, look, the reason why we were giving you extra work was there, there has been a vacancy in our senior management team, and we were thinking, who should we promote? Who should fill that, that role? And we thought, we'll, we will give you some extra work to see how you will handle it, and we've been very impressed uh, that you've been handling these tasks very well, so we've decided to promote you. And when the young man heard his boss say that to him, he realized his boss was never mad at him, his boss was never angry at him, 
The young man had been reading his boss's emails with a bad attitude. Let me tell you, too many Christians read the Bible that way. We read the Word of God and we think God is mad at us. We think the Bible is just a book full of rules and regulations. Let me tell you, God is not mad at you. He's madly in love with you. Jesus didn't come to condemn the world. He came to save the world. God is in love with you. You will never have the audacity to ask God for more if you don't understand the character and the nature of God. God is a generous God. He is a loving Father. Matthew 7, 9 to 13. If your children ask for a loaf of bread, do you give them a stone instead? Or if they ask for a fish, do you give them a snake? Of course not. So if you sinful people know how to give, give, give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give, give, good, give good gifts to those who ask Him? God is not some stingy person sitting up in heaven. And when we come to Him and ask Him for more, He's got a stick that He waves at us. And He says, go away, go away. No, He's a generous Father. God is a God of increase and abundance. Giving is the nature of God. Man seeks to get. God seeks to give. That is who He is. I'm not afraid to, and I'm 37 years old, and I'm not afraid to go to my mom and dad's house, open the fridge, eat their food, sit on my dad's chair. I've got the remote. I change channels. I hope they don't have an issue with it because they haven't said anything the last 37 years. I don't, have an, I don't have to make an appointment to see them. I just show up. Why? Because I'm their son, and, and they're my mom and dad. Let me tell you, it's the same with God. He is our Father. He's our Heavenly Father. He is a good Good Father, that's who He is. And you are loved by Him. Second reason why people don't ask God for more is simply because we're afraid to ask for more. We're afraid that God might ask us to do something we are not willing to do. We're afraid that God might talk about an area in our life or, or, or there is an addiction or there is sin in our life and we don't want to deal with it and we're afraid to ask Him for more because God might ask us to do something. Let me tell you, there are victories God will withhold until we get rid of sin in our lives. Often we're afraid to ask Him for more. Let me tell you, fear will paralyze you. Fear will cause you to believe, not, not believe for more, not ask for more. Let me tell you, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. Let me tell you, when you and I, when we are filled with the spirit of God, fear and timidity has no place in our lives. Can I get an amen if you believe that? Number two, fear. Number three, past disappointments. We don't ask God for more because of past disappointments. Maybe there was a time you asked God for something, and you didn't get your answer, and now that has caused you to stop believing for more. Maybe God closed the door, and, then, and, and that has caused you to become discouraged, and, and you, you are disappointed because God closed the door. Can I tell you, when God closes the door, sometimes we've got to learn to say thank you. Why? Because He was protecting you. He was watching over your life. He was protecting you from greater harm. Not walking through the wrong door was the best thing that could have happened to you. So if God closed the door, would you say thank you? Thank you, God, that you were watching over my life. Why? Because it was the wrong door. God's got, a, God, God's got better things in store for you. 
Isaiah 55, 8 to 9. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. We only see one piece of the puzzle. Let me tell you, God sees the full picture. God sees the full picture. Don't let past disappointments stop you from asking and believing for more. I really believe there are several people here at the service. I've, I really feel in my heart this year, 2019, God wants you to believe for more. Don't let past disappointments stop you. I shared this in the first service. Uh, for many years, I had issues with my left eye. I had a condition called keratoconus. Uh, it was a, I had an issue with my cornea. So, uh, it, so it really affected my eyesight. If I, uh, back then, if I preached with my right eye, uh, if I closed my right eye and, and just preached with my left eye, if you left the building, I wouldn't know. I'll just carry on. Uh, and um, so please don't leave. I can see now. But um, so, uh, you know, my left eye got me into all kinds of trouble. Um, so if I see someone, uh, and because I couldn't see them well, if they smiled, I would automatically think they were from church. Uh, I'd be, hello, how are you? I'd talk to them. I remember one particular time I was at the supermarket, and, and when I went and there was a guy on the other side of the aisle, he smiled at me, and he looked very familiar. And I thought to myself, he is from church. I was like, hey, how's it going? And I was shopping, and, and 10 minutes later, I looked at him, and there he was at the same spot, looking at me he's smiling i'm like hello how are you god bless you we'll see you on sunday and a few minutes later he's at the same spot now i'm like this is getting really awkward okay hello okay i've noticed you and i'm, I'm doing what i'm doing and then i had to walk past him and i walked past this guy he looked very familiar i was like hey how's it going have a have a nice day and i noticed he was very quiet didn't say anything so i got very close to Close, closer to him just to make sure he was okay. And I realized the last five or ten minutes I'd been, I have been waving and, and talking to a cardboard cutout of Brad Pitt. <laughs> that was my eyes. Well, someone's got to reach the celebrities. I mean, you know. So, and, then, and a lady saw me doing this and she said to me, I'll pay you to do that all over again. <laughs> I, well, this eye got me into all kinds of troubles. I remember my friend invited me to a healing service. And he said, boy, you need to get that pastor to pray for your eyes. So I showed up for this healing service and the pastor got me on stage and he laid hands on me. And he said to me, brother, the Lord has healed you. I want you to walk out of this place, uh, you know, eh, eh, like, like practice your miracle. So he told me to close my right eye and leave the building just looking uh, with my left eye. So I was praising and practicing my miracle. And when I went to the foyer, all the lights were turned off and someone left this little platform in the middle of the foyer and I walked straight into it and I cut my leg. I was a little bit confused. I went to the healing service with one left eye and I left the healing service with one bad left eye and a, and a, and a bleeding leg. Let's say I didn't write him an endorsement. <laughs> Let me tell you, that day I was so discouraged. I said to myself, I will never pray for my eyes ever again. I was so discouraged. And two weeks later, I was in India. And after I preached, uh, we, we asked people to come to the front if, if they needed healing. Uh, if, they had, if they wanted to be healed or if they had a prayer request for sick bodies. And let me tell you, the first two or three people that came all had eyesight issues and I was the pastor praying for them. I didn't tell them that, but I said to God, are you serious? 
this is blind leading the blind. <laughs> so the first guy came, I asked him, well, what can I do for you? He said, Pastor, I want you to pray for my eyes. And I thought, I'll, I'll do Jesus' style. Oh, spit on my eyes. No, no, I didn't do that. But, uh, you know, so I prayed for him, and I don't know if it was the first or the second guy. And, and he said to me, Pastor, I can see better. I can see better. Let me tell you, I was happy for him, but on the inside, I was like, God, are you kidding me? <laughs> he gets healed. What about me? And I, let me tell you, I learned something very important that day. Learn to celebrate someone else's miracle while you are waiting for your miracle. Learn to celebrate someone else's miracle when you are waiting for your miracle. Some of you, your next door neighbor, they've already got another upgrade and they've already going on another holiday and you're like, God, it's only the 6th of January and they are having miracle after miracle after miracle and here I have been faithful. I have been faithful. What is going on? The grass is always greener on the other side. What is going on? God is like, can I encourage you? Learn to celebrate someone else's miracle. Just because God is quiet in your life doesn't mean He is not active. He who has begun a good work in you is faithful to complete it. I encourage you tonight, we're going to pray for people who are believing, for, especially in the area of healing. If you know someone who is sick, bring them to church and I pray. I pray that through the power of the Holy Spirit, sick bodies will be set free in the name of Jesus. According to your faith, it will be done to you. Like I mentioned, I'm from, I'm from Sri Lanka, and I remember when I was about 16 or 17 years old at that time, my parents decided to leave from Sri Lanka and move to the UK. And, um, and I remember when we went to the British Embassy, uh, and we, we lodged in our application, and, and, and straight away they denied our visa. And I'll never forget, that the, the immigration officer said to me, uh, you know, you will never go to the United Kingdom, and I was just a young teenager, I was so devastated because there was a civil war that's been going on in Sri Lanka for over 30 years, over 300,000 people were killed, so my parents wanted us to have a better future, so we decided to, we'll go to the UK, and, and, and my mum and dad, when we came home, they were like, maybe we should try one more time, and they filled out an application, we got in a little tuk-tuk, do you guys know what a tuk-tuk is, and, and the tuk-tuk driver, you know, drove as fast as he could, as if Rapture was going to happen any minute. And, and, and we were one minute late. And the security guard, guard closed the door on us. One minute late and he said, you were late. And I, I was so devastated. But my parents, they never gave up. They didn't let a past disappointment stop us from believing for more. We kept praying. Miraculously, God took me to New Zealand. And let me tell you. That immigration officer said to me, you will never go to the United Kingdom. This is my fourth trip to the United Kingdom. Let me tell you, what was intended to harm you, God will turn it around for good. Let me tell you, man may close a door, but God opens new doors. And the doors that He opens, no man can close it. If you believe it, will you give Him a highest shout of praise this morning? Learn to praise God when some doors close because that was the wrong door. It didn't lead you anywhere. Some of you, you are weeping. You are disappointed about 
closed doors that you cannot see, new doors that God is opening for you. This year, will you say, God, I'm, I'm responding to these new doors that you are opening. Let me tell you, God sometimes closes a door because you are worth so much more. So much more. One bad chapter doesn't mean your story is over. Number four, the fourth reason why many people don't ask God for more is because they are happy with things as they are. We're happy as things with things as they are. If I could ask the keyboard player to come. Where's he gone? Is he? Oh, there he is. Give him a hand. What a good man. What a good man. Brother, would you play and help me sound spiritual? Is it all right? No pressure. We are happy with things as they are. When we are comfortable, we become complacent. Let me tell you, complacency is the enemy of progress. Complacency is the enemy of success, the enemy of forward momentum, the enemy of growth. Complacency will keep you from asking for more and believing for more. Let me tell you, I love this church that you are not complacent. First, first Sunday of the year, first week of the year, you're saying we are making room for more. According to your faith, it will be done to you. Miracles never happen in our comfort zones. I heard about these three guys and one was an Italian, one was an Irishman, and one was an Australian. If you're Australian, please forgive me. So the, the, every, every day during lunchtime, these three men will sit together by the bridge and, and, and the Italian opened his lunchbox and he goes, salami. He goes, I hate salami. If my wife packs me salami again, I'm going to throw it and I'm going to jump off the bridge. The, the Irishman opened his lunchbox and he goes, potato salad. And he goes, I hate potato salad. If my wife packs me potato salad tomorrow, I'm going to join you too and jump off the bridge. The Australian man opened his lunchbox and he goes, Vegemite sandwiches. He goes, I hate Vegemite sandwiches. If my wife packs me Vegemite sandwiches, I'm going to join you too and jump off the bridge. Next day, same time, same spot. Here they were sitting, the Italian opened his lunchbox. And he goes, oh, salami. Oh, I told her. He threw his lunchbox and he jumped off the bridge. Everybody go, oh, thank you. You were better than the first service. <laughs> the, the, the Irishman, he opened his lunchbox and he goes, potato salad. He was like, oh, I can't believe it. He threw his lunchbox and he jumped off the bridge too. Everybody go, oh. The Australian, he couldn't wait. He opened his lunchbox and he goes, veggie my sandwiches. He threw it and he jumped off the bridge too. A week later, all three widows at the funerals, they were, they were weeping. And the Italian widow said, I don't know why my husband jumped off the bridge. I wish he had told me he, he hated salami. The Irish widow said, I wish my husband said something too. Because I would have packed him something different. I don't know why he jumped off the bridge. I, I don't know why he didn't tell me. The Australian widow, she said, I'm a bit confused. I don't know why my husband jumped off the bridge because he packed his own lunch. <laughs> Let me tell you, every single one of you, God has given you a purpose. You have, you have potential, but you will jump off the bridge with anyone or for anything when you don't know your God-given purpose. But let me tell you this, you will never discover your God-given purpose when you're complacent. You discover your purpose when God stretches you.
This year, some of you, God's going to stretch you. God's going to use some people to stretch you. You're like, why has God brought those neighbors next to my house? It is to stretch you. Iron sharpens iron. This may be your, God's going to stretch you. Let me tell you, the rubber band is not effective until it's stretched. Miracles never happen in our comfort zone. Did you know when a mother eagle builds her nest for her baby eagles, she starts with thorns, broken branches, and sharp rocks. Then she lines the nest with thick padding of wool, feathers, she, uh, uh, feathers from animals that she has kill, killed. She makes it as comfortable as she could for her baby eagles. I mean, their baby eagles are bored. They love it. Mother eagle keeps them warm. She gives them food. But when it's time to leave the next nest and learn to fly, the baby eagles are very reluctant. Listen to the story very carefully, especially if your 40-year-old son hasn't moved out of home yet. Uh, just turn the Wi-Fi off and they'll all leave. But anyway, you know, you know so the, 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 the mother eagle, so this is what she does. When it's time to leave the nest, the first thing she would do is she would come and she'll pull out the feathers and the, 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 the padding of thick carpet and wool, wool, everything. She'll just put it out. All that is exposed is sharp rocks and branches and the, and the baby eagles are like, oh, mommy, why are you doing this? Oh, this is very uncomfortable. Why, why, why? And if they hadn't left home yet, this is what she does. With her big wings, she comes and she goes, poof, kicks them out of the nest. And these baby eagles, they're falling off the nest and they think to themselves, I'm going to die, I'm going to die, I'm going to die. This is the end of my life. Mommy, why are you doing this to me? And then all of a sudden they spread their wings and they realize they can fly. And then they sing that song by R. Kelly. I believe I can fly. I believe I can sing it with me. Touch the sky. Think about it every louder, please. You need to sing louder. I don't know the rest of the lyrics. Our flying is horrible, by the way. We're going to crash land and just finish there. Let me tell you, there will be moments, there will be seasons in your life. God might go, Poof, and you're like, I'm going to die. Oh, why is this happening to me? Right on Facebook. It's all, oh, I don't know. And all your friends are like, 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 no, no, no. And you're like, God, what is happening? Let me tell you, miracles never happen in the comfort zone. When God comes and goes, poof, that's when you realize He is more than enough. That's where you discover your potential. This year, I pray you will ask Him for more while every eye closed, every head bowed. If I could ask the team to come and join me. Maybe you're here today and you're believing God for more. You're asking for more. Maybe you're going through a tough season. Maybe it's your health. Maybe it's your finances. It's your relationships. It's your marriage. In a moment, I'm going to pray for you. Wherever you are, if that is you, would you mind standing to your feet? I want to pray for you today. I want, I want, I want God, the, the, through the power of the Holy Spirit, I want, to, I want faith to rise up inside of you. Somebody, some of you, you need to go back into the enemy's camp and take back what he has stolen from you. 
Today, would you stand to your feet and say, God, I'm asking for more. I am believing for more. Noah has seen. Thank you. Thank you. Noah has seen. Noah has heard. No man can know what God has in store for those who love Him. If that is you, would you mind raising your hands to the heavens and really say, God of more, I'm asking for more. More miracles. More breakthrough in the name of Jesus. Oh God, we pray for faith to rise up in this place in the name of Jesus. Come on, let's lift our voices for a, mo- for a moment. Oh, we worship you. God, I pray right now for healing in the name of Jesus. By your stripes, we are healed. I pray for financial breakthrough in the name of Jesus. I pray for marriages to be restored in the name of Jesus. I pray for family members to be saved. Oh, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I pray for every prayer request. I pray for visas to come through. I pray for job applications to be to, to process. Oh God, Holy Spirit, right now, we call out to you and we declare all your promises are yes and amen. If you believe it, will you give him praise one more time? Thank you. Before, before I hand it back to, before I hand it back to Pastor Mark, being the first Sunday of the year, I would love to pray a prayer of blessing over you. And if you would love to receive this prayer of blessing, would you mind lifting your hands up one more time as an act of receiving this prayer of blessing? People of God, redeemed by the precious blood of the Lamb, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face to shine on you and be gracious to you always. May the blessing of the Lord make you rich in every area of your life and add no sorrow with it. You are the head and not the tail. I bless you with the promises of God, which we find there, yes and amen in heaven. May the Holy Spirit make you healthy and strong and body, soul and spirit. The Lord give you wisdom, wisdom above your education, your experience, your age and wisdom far above all demands placed upon you. I call your children to be blessed of the Most High God. They are mighty champions of God's great destiny. I call your marriage renewed with the new wine of the Holy Spirit. I call every family at Birmingham City Church blessed of the Most High God. May God's grace be upon your home. With long life, may God bless you. May faith be imparted to you. I bless you in the name that is above every other name, Jesus. Come on, will you give Him praise? Thank you, Jesus.